Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens. In order to to fill the whole universe. Jesus who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Right here, right now, this morning, as we've stepped into this place of grace, Jesus fills the whole universe. Lara's right that the, where we stand today, the Bible says, is built upon the foundation of the apostles. <laughs> so I want to welcome even more today, Jesus the Apostle. You see, I welcomed him at the beginning. And we felt His presence today, haven't we? We do most weeks. But it feels like Jesus has just come and stood in our midst. Jesus, the Apostle. Not many of us know Jesus, the Apostle. Most of us know Jesus, the Savior. Most of us know Jesus, the High Priest. Most of us know Jesus, the King. But Jesus, the Apostle... Of course, they're all one and the same. But there are different aspects to his character. I don't know how much we're going to get into today. We've started a marathon, not a sprint. (laughs) So today's not going to be wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, preach. It's going to be the beginning of a race that was going to take us a little time to finish. Because to fully understand what it is to be an apostolic people, 
we must fully understand what it is to have Jesus, the apostle, in our midst. We must understand what it is to have a church that's led apostolically. You must understand that you're called to be an apostolic people. And I can't bring this teaching without divine intervention. Right, so one of the scriptures in Isaiah, these scriptures are repeated, Isaiah 11, chapter 2. These scriptures are repeated in Revelations, not exact word for word. But it's about the seven spirits of God. Isaiah 11, 2. The spirit of the Lord will wrestle in him. The spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel and might or power, and the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. You can just feel the weight on that, can't you? But today, I want to invite, I believe all of those seven spirits of God rested on Jesus. And I believe that each of those seven spirits of God should rest on us. But there's one of those spirits. We can use and change the word spirit to anointing, if you want, or grace, or graces. So the seven anointings are the seven graces of God. <laughs> so today I want to start by praying for us. And if we get past this, it'll be great. If we don't, we'll have to see. But just like we've invited Jesus the Apostle to come and stand among us, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to release an anointing, a grace, a spirit of understanding. How many of us know if we can do a sum on a calculator and get it right does not necessarily mean that we understand how to do the sum. We understand how to work a calendar, a, a calculator. So, the spirit of understanding is essential. And it is something that is given or revealed to us as an anointing or a grace. Most of us have read the Bible. I hope we have anyway. Some of us have read the Bible. But you can read the Bible till you're blue in the face unless you've got a spirit of understanding. Where that thing becomes alive to you. Because your spirit begins to understand what's contained within the words. It doesn't just apply to the Bible. It applies to who God is. It applies to your life as you engage with God. So we're going to do that right now. We're going to ask God to release a spirit, an anointing or a grace of understanding to come upon us. I want you to close your eyes. Assume the position. <laughs> Whatever it is that makes you comfortable and relaxed. But listen, this is a faith thing that we're stepping into. 
I'm not even beginning to teach. <laughs> because without the spirit of understanding, this stuff, I guarantee you, will offend you. So as we wait, as we relax into huh, His presence, I'm going to read something from the ancient fathers. So let me just invite, first of all, Jesus the Apostle, we thank You for Your presence among us this morning. And we pray right now that You would release to us a spirit, an anointing, a grace of understanding to come upon us. That we begin to understand the spiritual realm. That we begin to understand the now Word of God for our lives. That we begin to receive that revelation. Not just receive it, but understand it in our spirits. So I pray right now, Spirit of God, come. Spirit of understanding, come in Jesus' name. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth. Of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternal, begotten of the Father, God from God, and light from light, true God from true God. Begotten, not made. Spirit of understanding, come, we pray. Increase, we pray. Of one beginning with the Father, through Him all things were made. All things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven. He was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and became truly human. For our sake, He was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. Spirit of understanding, come. On the third day, He rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory 
to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit. The Lord, the giver of life. Who proceeds from the Father and the Son. Who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. Who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. <laughs> we acknowledge the baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look to the resurrection of the dead. And the life of this world, of the world that is to come. We look for the resurrection of the dead. And the life of the world that is to come. Spirit of understanding. Anoint us. So as we begin our series, you might want to take some notes. I'm going to use some Bible passages. I don't mind where you take your notes, but you might want to take some notes. And I want to encourage you to do that, even if it's writing down the Bible passages, because it's important um, that you look at it again. <laughs> and that spirit of understanding that is upon you to reveal that stuff to you. Otherwise, what you'll get is an understanding that I have. And it doesn't mean what I have is wrong. But you want your revelation. You want your understanding of what it is to be an apostolic people, because you're the people. So as we go through this series, we will look again at the seven spirits of God. <laughs> we'll come up against that at some point and do some more work on that. Some of the stuff that I, I may cover, I've made a note of it, so I might cover it. The restoration of apostles to the church. <laughs> We're scared of the word apostle. <laughs> it feels a bit scary to us, overpowering. But actually, the word I have about restoring the apostles and restoring us as apostolic people, as we should be, is a revelation from heaven itself for the next stage of church life. 
And I guarantee you it's probably not what you think. The restoration of the apostolic church. Let me give you in a nutshell. It might save me four weeks preaching. It's relational. The restoration of the apostolic covering. When we have correct apostolic covering, power flows. The restoration of one body as one. The restoration of elders who are always linked to apostles. The restoration of father-son relationship. Ha, your inheritance. We will cover other stuff in between that. One of the big areas I'm going to cover is an area that, that we've struggled with as church. We've wrestled with and we've, I think, wrestled it out of most churches. And that's the area of submission. Submission to leadership. Submission to one another. And we live in a world, we live in a society where it's all about me and my needs and what I want. But actually there's an order coming back into the church. And in that order, there is a place of submission for us all. Not just to God. Hear me on this. And I'll, I'll expand on this because Jesus lived this. Not just to God, but to each other. So my first scripture I want to say to you is this, and it's unlike what we've just done, and I'm going to get very little done today, but that's all right because it's a marathon, not a sprint. But listen what the first scripture is. It's Psalm 32, verse 9. I'm reading this in the NIV. It says, don't be like the horse or mule. Basically, don't be an ass. Which have no understanding, but must be controlled by a bit or bridle. Then they will come to you. And apostolic people have an understanding that brings freedom. Not controlled. It brings freedom to us as a church. So my first challenge is right there. <laughs> Find the freedom that this teaching will bring us in the understanding of this teaching, in the understanding of who we are. Ephesians 4, 11 and 13. We're going to get lots more into this, so don't worry about me skipping stuff because I guarantee you we'll get into this as the weeks go on. God's Word, it says, It was He who gives some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Let me stop there. I want to say to you that this is not a list of of importance it's a list of order have you got that this is <laughs> you need to get that into your spirit it's not 
a list of importance. The apostle is not more important than the teacher. It's a list of order. It's a list of function how God would choose that his church would work. So you must hear that first. As we go through these weeks, try and remember that statement because it's going to be a challenge to most of you as I can tell you. Why has he given us these folk? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the whole body of Christ may be built up. Is the fivefold ministry to be built up? Yeah? As part of the whole body. We've taken this fivefold ministry and we've stuck them on pedestals in the past and we've made them giants. Their job is a one of service to the body. <laughs> I know it's true. Yeah. How long have we got them for? It says until. So God is constantly releasing apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and there is a bigger list than this, but I'm focusing on this one. He's constantly releasing them until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God becoming mature. So the until is until we get our act together. It's not this bit. It's not how we relate to God. It's how we do this bit. It's unity of the body. I've had some revelation on this. I'll tell you, Jesus isn't coming back until we're as one. It's in the Word. I can show you it. It's in the Word. Until we all reach unity of the faith, becoming mature, listen, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, some of you are thinking, I've already got that. You haven't. And neither have I. But there's a goal here that I can achieve until I reach the full measure. The full measure of the fullness of Christ. And where's the full measure found? It's found in oneness. It's found in relationship. It's found in a people and apostolic people that are relational. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the Bible does say is that there will be first apostles. And, and let me just say to you that, that because of the misuse of that authority within the church, the church has rejected it. And the church is skeptical of apostles. The church is resistant, I would say, of apostles. But God didn't give us a fourfold ministry, He gave us a fivefold ministry. And apostles are in there. But what's happened is because of self-promotion 
because of so-called apostles operating in a style that is not true apostles, the church has become weary. You see, if the Bible says that it will be first apostles, the Bible also says that the first shall be that the greatest will be the servant of You see, apostles are meant to serve. <laughs> and I want to, as we go through this series, I want to put a, a correct teaching from my perspective. You might disagree, and I'm happy for you to disagree. Of what an apostle should look like. And I guarantee that the majority of us are looking in the wrong direction. Because the majority of us are looking for apostles to bring signs and wonders, healings and miracles and earthquakes and lightning and thunder. And you're looking in the wrong direction. Because actually you should all be able to do that. <laughs> Every single one of you should be able to move in that. It's like seeing... Even with a five-fold ministry, I believe that every single one of us can be an apostle. Every single one of us can be a prophet. Every single one of us can, can evangelize. All of those things are available to us, but God has called some to be apostles. You see, we can operate in that stuff, but you might not be called to be There's no lesser thing for you if you're not called to be an apostle. Quite simply, the word apostle quite simply in its simplest form means sent out one. That's all it means. Sent out one. So by definition, by that definition, each and every one of us are apostles. Like each and every one of us can lay hands on the sick. Like each and every one of us can lead somebody to Jesus. Like each and every one of us can prophesy into a life. Like each and every one of us can teach. And you're not excluded. But I do believe there are offices within the church where people are called to be. And that's what we're going to look at. And already my time's gone. I haven't even got into it. Let me just uh, say, I'm going to say a little bit about what I do. Some of the things I'm doing right now as your senior apostolic leader of the Bear Church. Do you know that's in my job title? You see, sometimes we think getting a bit of paper or putting it in a job title makes it real. Heaven makes it real. And sometimes bits of paper back that up. And I know loads of people have done it the other way around. A bit of paper does not make you an apostle. God ordained you as an apostle. 
and people around you recognize it. Not self-promotion. It's not the top of the ladder. <laughs> We've got so many misconceptions with this. So I'm leading this church right now at this moment, along with other leaders, trustees, co-leadership, wider leadership team, yourselves. And for many, many years, this church is like no other church. I'm going to tell you that. You could say, well, all churches are like that. No, no, that's not, that's not true. I've been to churches that look very similar to each other. Unique in the people that's there, but actually this church is unique in many ways. There are many churches would give their back teeth to see God turn up supernaturally like He's turned up in this place. There are many churches would give their back teeth to see the impact that this little place here in Whitley Bay has had on the wider church from across the world. Also, having speakers come from across the world into this little sleepy place. The supernatural flows from this church. And I've been here, I don't know, 90, 18 years now. And we've had some absolutely cracking times, including all the crazy stuff of sticking coins and books and all kinds on the wall. You know, we take almost for granted now that most of us cussed on our hands. You see, the leadership, as we've led through this church, has been focused on not just preaching the Word, but seeing it demonstrated. So we've attracted the supernatural of heaven. I'm leading um, something called the Bear Food Bank. There's <laughs> one of the other jobs to do. I chair and lead that. Um, we've got some people in this place who work at the Bear Food Bank. Um, Lynn, where's Lynn? Stand to your feet, Lynn. Come on, don't be shy. And Anna, Jackie's not here, is she not? Stand to your feet, it's all right. Come on, stand up, stand up, you're allowed. Jackie's also upstairs, who is the warehouse manager at the food bank. Food bank started about six years ago, and <laughs> what a journey. We're coming up to our 21,000th parcel of food. We serve an average of three people, so one of our parcels might be for one person, one of our parcels might be for a family of 10. On average, it averages out about three. That's 63,000 people in five years. And each box contains 12 meals. So we're looking roughly at 756 thousand meals plus other charities we support and other stuff that we've given away my estimation and I think it's a conservative estimation is since that thing begun we've served over one 
million meals in North Tyneside. These guys who work, they deserve a round of applause, I think. Right there's an apostolic mindset. <laughs> right there's an apostolic mindset. And I tell you, these guys aren't there for the money. <laughs> if they are, they're crazy. They're not there for the money. I'm leading something called Whitley Bay Big Local. What's Whitley Bay Big Local? Some of you have heard of it, some of you haven't. There's a shop along the high street. It is, in many senses, not a church thing, but it looks very much like church to me. Um, they asked me if I would come and chair it. It has, a, it had still has some money, it had 1.1 million pounds to spend in Whitley Bay. And they asked if I would come and share it. Why would I not? <laughs> but if you go to the big local shop, five years ago when we started, we, we put a, we put a, we call it the master plan on the wall. Any years I've ever been, you'll see it. In church's terms, we would call it a vision of how Whitley Bay, we would love it to look. Now, you've got to remember five years ago, it was before the dome started and all the stuff down there. But you go down to the dome now and you come back and look at our master plan. Ha! <laughs> come back and look. We've got three areas that work there. One is pre premises and engagement. That's around the shop. The other one is around people and well-being where we spend money to make people feel good about themselves. And the other one is about the environment. We've had massive impact on that. What else am I doing? Another thing I'm doing is I'm the founder, I suppose, called out as One Northeast. It's a group of leaders from across the region. I would describe them as fathers or apostolic And God pulled me out of a meeting and gave me this to do. On top of other stuff I'm doing, I went, no, thank you. And he went, yes, thank you. And here we are two years later. We're only two years into this. But this is as much a part of the bigger picture in terms of the apostolic being restored across this region. I didn't realize it at the time, but this is a part of the bigger picture where mums and dads are restored back to the region. People who have served for decades and given themselves for decades as fathers and mothers in this region. Restored again. Not just restored in position, but restored in relationship with other leaders. <laughs> I tell you what, this has been a journey and a half for me. Because everything within me sees this thing as too big. But actually it's a part of the master plan of God. It's a part of who he is and what he wants to see come together. We as a church will be co-opted as members into As One in the very near future. We're going to be corporate members of As One. Why? Because we're an apostolic people. And we're going to link into that thing. I'm leading, well I'm a trustee, some of you might know, I'm a priest, some of you will not know that in the very near future I'm going to be a dean 
What's that they say? On the 6th of October, I'm going to be a dean. I'm going to the Order of St. Leonard. I've been a part of the Order of St. Leonard for nine years now. What a journey that has been. For those who don't know that, it is quite simply a oneness movement, a national oneness movement that works more in the traditional churches rather than the free churches. But actually it works in both. We've spent hundreds of thousands of pounds in places like Africa, India, Pakistan, Tanzania. We've spent fortunes in those areas over the last nine years. What have we been doing? We've been setting up orphanages. We've been setting up schools. We've been paying for girls who work in brick factories. When they get to about eight or nine, they generally move from the big brick factory into prostitution. Um, so we, instead of the other people buying them, we buy them. Terrific, isn't it? But we buy girls out of the brick factory. And we take them and we give them an education. And we show them for others' love. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Most of you will not know anything about this work at all. Um, but it has played a big part of my life as an apostolic leader and has been a real challenge for me to see how the orthodox and the free charismatic come together as one. But when Jesus said that he wanted his church to be one, he means all of his church. He doesn't just mean church looks that looks like us. He means all of his church. All of it. All of it. And if you've got a bee in your bonnet about any aspect of his church, then get rid of it. Because how people relate and worship God is not determined by you, but them. Come on. I'm preaching good here. I know I am. But listen, the Order of St. Leonard for me has been a massive challenge. I've had to do a lot of study over a lot of years. And it's got me to the place now where I am overwhelmed by the amount of recognition I've received in that place. We have just finished three years of, I can describe as Ofsted, with Churches Together England, who come in and they look at, at what you believe. They look at your system for ordination. They look to see how good you are and how kosher you are. Then they give you license. So we're actually licensed now by Churches Together England, as well as the Evangelical Alliance. And I want to say too that this church is going to be linked with that. We're going to be linked with that. What does that mean, Alan? It means nothing other than, like a membership of an Evangelical Alliance, you're linked with it. It doesn't tell us how to live. It lets us be. But it gives us national recognition. And that's important for where we're going. It is important. Trust me. I've done a Skype with a guy from France who wants to become part of the order. And you know why he wants to become a part of the order? Because the place where he's worshipping in France, he leads three churches, are beginning to put restrictions on him because he doesn't have credentials as a pastor. But just in France, it's just across the water. Paul is also part of OSL, and some others have been a part of OSL as well. 
So us are offering that we can partner with them, we can connect with them, and we get all of the accreditation. Do you know where the only, only non-denominational thing to be a part of the Evangelical Alliance or Churches Together England? Every other thing that's a part of that, and all of the churches are in there, they're all denominations where the only oneness movement in those two things. The only one that doesn't say, well, this, well, that, or well, that. It says, we're one, because that's what Jesus wants. I'm going to finish because time's gone. Let me just finish with one other thing. The other things that I'm involved with. Um, I also trained for a number of years, and I am a fully-fledged prison chaplain, worked in a cat ear prison. This is all in the last 10 years, by the way. <laughs> trained, fully-fledged. I did one day a week voluntary for five years in a cat ear prison, visiting the prisoners inside the prison. Inside the inside the prison. Some of you might know what that means. Five years, God opened that door for me. We set up things like street pastors. Thousands of lives of people's lives have been affected by that. And again, seeing the church work together. I work also by mentoring three to five ex-offenders. I'm saying three to five because some of them tend to slip from ex to current. <laughs> so why am I telling you this? It's not about Alan, <laughs> but this is all about Alan. It's important you understand that an apostolic calling on a life is bigger than a church. And an apostolic people, and I'll finish with this, an apostolic people must understand it's bigger than one church. And that's where we're going. I've got tons and tons of stuff I want to share with you guys from the heart. Stuff that I've been taught, stuff that has been given to me in Revelation. And we didn't even touch week one. And week one, I wanted to look at what it meant to know Jesus as the Apostle. And there's some good scriptures around that. So, let's stand to your feet. I'm not here next week. I'm doing a wedding next week on Sunday. But I'm here the week after. So, Paul will be speaking next week. Let's hold your hands out because I just feel again. Lord, I pray that what, we've, what I've shared today will give us, will whet our appetites to go away and begin to think, what does it mean? to be an apostolic people. I thank you that you are raising up sons and daughters, that you are raising up fathers and mothers, that Jesus himself first came as an apostle before he became a priest. <laughs> that Jesus himself was the sent one. Here am I. Send me. God, I pray that the people here today would raise a cry that says, Here am I. Send me. I'll do it. I'll go. I'll step in. And God, as they do that, I pray not just for the kids, but for every single person in this room, that they will see that gold buzzer pushed over their lives. That you celebrate them and what you've placed into them. God, I pray that this day 
that the empowerment of the Holy Spirit would come upon us and fill us with such boldness as an apostolic people to know that we can change a nation. For you declared, Father, that the nations are yours. Yours to tear down and yours to build up. God, I thank you that all of creation is waiting of this lot right here in this room right now to rise up and take their place. That creation eagerly awaits for the sons of God to take their place. That creation is not waiting of you, God. It's, it's waiting of us. <laughs> it's waiting of us.